Welcome to Talk Time with the Trainers. I am Jessica, Bureau of Motor Vehicles trainer with the state of Indiana. And along with me, my fellow trainer, Nikita. Hello, everyone. And for today's topic, we'll be discussing how to become indispensable. And if you were to look up the definition for indispensable, it's defined as being absolutely or necessary. And we believe we've compiled six traits that someone who would be indispensable to the company or agency would have in their pocket. Taking ownership is incredibly important because uh, it really requires you to act almost like a business owner. Uh, That means you're going to be uh, responsible and accountable for all the good things and all the bad things that may happen with your project or the project you may be involved with. And um, that's okay. Uh, it, it also means that because you're taking responsibility and being accountable for your actions and perhaps the actions of others, you are willing to think through what a solution may or may not look like for uh, the specific thing that you're working on. So I think it's incredibly important to take ownership, to um, act like a business owner, and, uh, and be willing to find that solution. I agree. I think when you're acting like a business owner, you start to look at the resources and expenditures a little bit differently. So if you are having to think about how much payroll costs you, and you were thinking of it in terms of this is your money and how do you allocate it properly, you're going to be a little bit more diligent and maybe even seek better solutions than if you know it was coming out of someone else's pocket. You might use more payroll because it might be more comfortable for you. But if you knew that it was your money being spent, you might be a little bit um, more streamlined in your process. So I think when we're putting that hat on as a business owner, we are finding ourselves with a higher, more elevated plan or approach. And in turn, you're going to be finding a better result. And then I also love that you talked about bringing a solution to the table. That's one thing that I always admire is when there is a problem, it's great that you can identify the problem. It's even better if you already have one or multiple solutions in order to try to alleviate the problem that's being taken care of. It's going to show that you have a little bit of leadership under your belt, that you're more than capable, and it's going to show you in a different light to your supervisors and even your peers. You know, one other thing I'd like to add to that uh, before we move on to the next one is um, since you're thinking of it like a business owner and piggybacking off of what you said about the uh, resources and the uh, expenses and everything like that. If you literally think about the amount of dollars you're paid per hour to do what it is that you do and how many hours you are literally allocating to whatever project or, um, or assignment or task that you're um, doing for the moment, you might think more, um, more consciously about how you're spending those hours. So if you make X dollars per hour, you know, and you have decided that you are spending two hours on this project, how much money are you literally allocating from your work? Or or if you're the business owner, how much are you actually being paid to do this specific work? And that might guide you in uh, productivity. 
The second trait we want to talk about is to go above and beyond. I'm sure we've heard this time and time again. Nikita, what does above and beyond mean? So going above and beyond, in my opinion, is doing what's necessary and then doing just a little bit more. So for example, if you find that um, somebody would like to have analytics for our podcast. So for example, um, our podcast, it tracks, um, it tracks our listeners, right? Uh, perhaps my supervisor might want to know how many American listeners we have. Well, going the next step would, would be, hey, this is what we have for American listeners, but we also have this for our UK listeners and this analytic for our uh, listeners from Ireland. So that's what I would think of when I think of going above and beyond. Um, and it's really just taking, taking initiative, you know, doing a little more than is exactly necessary. What yeah. Think, I think it's finding first, uh, first and foremost, what is unique about you and using that to your advantage. So one thing that I love and appreciate about you, Nikita, being on the team, um, is there's oftentimes where I re- reach out to you because you uh, can make things happen in PowerPoint that I need to still learn. Now, as soon as you show me, I'm going to be able to take it and run with it, right? <laughs> but there are oft- oftentimes right, where right. I reach out to you and I utilize you as a resource because I've already seen that that is your unique um, strength inside the team. And I think that each of us can find our own unique niche and build on that and expand on it so that everyone in the team can find value in that piece that I might be stronger at than everyone else. Um, So I think it's finding what's unique. And I agree with you. It's just about taking it that extra step. So if my boss is asking for the deadline to be done uh, by Friday, I want to up at a level. I want that PowerPoint to look a little sharper than what she has seen the last time. And I might want to deliver it a few days earlier. And I might want to give a second option if she didn't like the first. I think it's identifying where I could move the needle just a little bit to make it that much easier on my supervisor. To me, that's what shows that you're going the extra mile or putting in a little bit more work. Yeah, I agree. One of the things that um, I I like, you know, everybody knows I like my tools, like my resources. So one of the things that I would mention is um, a perspective change. When you are assigned a task, think of that task in terms of what is it that my uh, supervisor or um, team leader is looking for? What is it exactly that they're looking for? Because when you are armed with that information, then you can provide what it is and more, you know, it, with regard to what it is that you've been asked to do. Yeah. So when, uh, yeah. So for example, um, we use a shared drive in our department. And when I was assigned my drive, my individual folder in that drive, I made it certain, I made certain that uh, it is easy to read and accessible to other people. So uh, you could throw your things in there because it's yours, right? But when I set up mine in my organizational situation, I thought, how would it look for a person that's coming in here trying to find something and I am not available? 
So I want to make it easy for other people to be able to walk through it. So that's just going one step beyond. And I think also taking an initiative, I think you've already said this, but taking initiative is a big piece of kind of going the extra mile, identifying what it is that you can help or focus on. Um, So often I see the same situation happening day in and day out, and we just accept it as the climate. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that. An individual who can show initiative and say, look, there could be solutions here. Let's identify what the problem is and let's look for a solution. That's the individual who's going to um, be congratulated and going to be looked upon for those next items of business coming down the line or next opportunities. So I think all of those are really great points. And hopefully you'll find something in there that will help you be able to look at going above and beyond uh, the next time the call of duty comes your way. So our third trait is about performing well under pressure. (laughs) Yeah. Performing, performing under pressure. Um, It's always as best you can um, to find a way to stay calm, stay cool, stay collected. It's, um, I think the best recourse for that is really just to find some way to, um, to, to, to recognize your triggers when you're feeling stressed and um, finding out some sort of mechanism to help bring you back to center. Um, there's not a whole lot that I could say about that. <laughs> um, most of the things that I would, I would say are probably found in a, a more recent <laughs> podcast, uh, managing your stress. I would say, listen to that podcast and, and I'm sure I um, don't want to toot my own horn, but I feel like I'm the queen of managing under stress in some cases, especially being in the branch atmosphere for so many years. There were things that were thrown at us left and right that we didn't necessarily see coming. And um, the first couple get you down. Like, you know, you feel it. It really gets to you. And you're constantly trying to find new ways or or solutions to kind of work around that. And there's a couple of things that I think have helped me um, being able to perform under pressure. One is education. Take the time while you have the time to educate yourself on what could be possible for the future. So for instance, You don't have a customer who comes in and falls in the lobby every day or somebody who has um, some kind of medical complication in your presence. But when it happens, it's a very serious thing. And you need to know who to call, what reports you're going to have to fill out, who needs to be made aware as, as fast as possible, and how will business run when your attention is pulled because now you have to take care of this emergency. So I think going through policies and making sure that you're up to date and just educating yourself, even practicing before that happens, puts you in a better spot so that you can feel calm and relaxed like you've got this and you're a master and you're going to get through this. It doesn't affect you the same way as if you're walking into it blind. So that's one thing that I think has helped me in a huge way. Yeah. And one of the other things that I think really help you perform well under pressure is planning. I know that sounds cliche, but it's really important in order to feel confident when, when you actually fall victim to pressure. So I won't call anyone out, but about two years ago, there was a certain individual who did not necessarily know if I could rise to the occasion. And what was happening was our county was the neighboring county to um, 
a county that was going to go through elections. We were not. However, nine branches in the neighboring county were all going to be closed for election purposes, which means they would only be hosting customers with certain transactions. And that meant that those customers who really needed to get title work done, registrations, or other transactions they weren't able to process there would be coming to those branches closest to, you know, closest to them, which was, you know, their neighboring county. And I was one of those branches. So I knew this was coming down the turnpike. I spent time and energy researching, trying to come up with new innovative ways to continue moving customers through the line as fast as possible, knowing that I was going to get this huge increase or influx on a Tuesday, which is normally a crazy day as it is. Um, I believe strongly that not only did I perform well under pressure, my entire team did. We came together, we rallied, we had a lot of obstacles against us, but we came out on the other end stronger, more confident, and knew that we could face pretty much anything that was going to come our way. So I just firmly, strongly want to reiterate planning is is vital in making sure that you do not fall victim to pressure. But if you do, you're going to feel that much better when the pressure does arise. All right. So that brings us to our fourth characteristic, which is be adaptable. So being adaptable is certainly key in, in for, for all of the reasons you would expect. Um, being adaptable allows you to be quite nimble when things are thrown your way. And unfortunately, we can't control everything in our environment as much as we would like to. But understanding that it is it is imperative that we try our best to be as adaptable as possible is um, it's always a worthwhile venture, you know? So what that means um, in, in practice is utilizing that, uh, all the things that we've already mentioned. So that means taking ownership. Okay. I understand that this is my new reality and this is how I'm going to straddle the things that come my way. Okay, I, I know that I'm going to go above and beyond. Okay, this is what I need to meet the moment. And I'm going to take the next step because the next time I have something come down the pipes, I need to be ready. So that comes into that. That's when you want to plan, as Jessica mentioned just just before. Um, and, uh, and that way, when you're under pressure, it's not something that's going to tank you. There's moments where we have to flex and we might need to put a different hat on. So in the example that I talked about earlier, I might be a branch manager, but the moment that something happens in the branch, maybe a customer falls or something of that nature, I have to put a different hat on. Now I'm not only taking care of the people in the branch, but I also need to take care of this customer. I might need to make some phone calls. I might need to adjust some things. I need to put a different hat on and I need to be flexible in doing that. Um, then there's also the flexibility that comes with change, Nikita, as you were talking about. I, If there are things coming down in communication, in legislation, um, there are changes in our departments or in our 
um, leadership all the time. You might be getting a new member on the team. You might be getting a new leader. Um, Being able to be flexible and adapt to those changes is also key. It's very hard for us as individuals to find the good in change. And it might be something that you have to practice. But take a step back, look for the silver lining, identify the positive in this change, and you'll be easily able to accept or adapt to that new initiative or change, whatever it might be. So I think here being adaptable for me is about putting it into practice, finding the positive and even the smallest bit of change so that when big changes come my way, I'm ready and able to adapt easily and ask my team to adapt along with me. I think that's one of the big things in leadership is that you're not only looking at it from how can I adapt? But how do I get my team to buy into this change as well? How do we all adapt and move forward in a positive way, which can be quite challenging. So practice, 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 I think is going to be a huge piece there. I think another thing with um, when we talk about change specifically, it's a good idea to um, research and see what it is that people do to handle change. You know, for example, there's a technique that I like to use whenever possible it's freeze and unfreeze. So um, when a change comes, you freeze, have a, have a look at all the things that might be going on right now, assess the situation. And then that brings us to our fifth trait, which is to be a team player. Being a team player is a, a huge deal. Nobody wants to play with the mean kid on the playground, you know? <laughs> Nobody likes a guy that kicks dirt on them when they're down. Keeping that in mind when you're working with others, um, being a team player is, is, is one of the biggest things that, that if you take nothing from this podcast, know that being a team player is one of the biggest things you can do for your team. Um, and the reason is there is leadership that can be found in being a, a team player. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of, um, and you can always reach out to us if you if you want to uh, if you want us to to uh, talk about this at another point. But um, leading from behind, if you know anybody who leads from behind, contact us and, and let us know. Um, but leading from behind is one of those things that you can do as a team player. So um, I'll talk about our department. I do that sometimes. <laughs> And uh, we had a project initiative and everybody was paired up except for me. And that was okay because I got to be the team lead, the team, um, a team player mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah. So I got to be the cheer- cheerleader for everybody. Yeah. I see what you're doing. I love it. And I can share that with everybody else. And, and it was, it was, it was really awesome, you know, to be able to see how everybody's moving through the process, moving through the program and everything. And we're all developing things that are super amazing. And it was great to just be able to just be there with everybody, the hoorah, you know, push them along and um, provide any kind of help that they needed. And if I um, was a person that people didn't want to talk to, then it doesn't work as well, you know? So being positive and, and making sure that you're a great team player picking up where people 
um, leave off, you know, and making sure that you are creating a, an environment that is the opposite of hostile, you know, so a place where um, a, a safe, secure place where people can say, hey, I need help. You weren't necessarily teamed up with anyone. So you got to be a good resource for all of us to go to. You were seeing a little bit of what was happening inside each of these groups. And therefore, we could count on you as that resource. You were being the team player we needed you to be. You were open and honest and being that support system for us. And we could go to you um, the moment we had any questions and you could either provide us with answers or get the answers. And then not only did you get the answers, but then you were able to share them with all of the other groups. So that to me was like the best example of being a team player um, is not hoarding information. It is sharing it and being a resource for all of your peers. When I think about being a team player too, it brings me back to a book called Gung Ho by Ken Blanchard. And what I found interesting in this book was it was really talking about the fact that as a team, you need to come together as a whole and understand that each of you have strengths and weaknesses and what might be my strength might be someone else's weakness. And I should not pick them apart or focus on their weakness. I should be excited that I can help fill in that gap. And then Likewise, I should understand that if I have a weakness, I need I can find someone else on the team to fill in my gap. And understanding that each of us have those gaps to fill allows me to sit any kind of negative feelings aside. And it allows me to look at that individual in a little bit of a different light and bring us all closer together. So if you're struggling with it, that would be something that I would recommend. Um, and then also, like Nikita was saying, being that resource, I think, is, is a, you know, a great um, approach. Based on what you just said, it reminds me of another resource. <laughs> it's called Strengths Finder or Strengths Quest. And uh, I think it's Clifton Heights. Uh, I'll try and put it in the show notes. But um, basically what it is, you take an assessment and it helps you find out what your top five uh, strengths are and if you know what those are then then if you know what they are then you can use those to help you to become a better team player so for example my um my top strength is maximizer so i'm the person that likes the two for one deal you know so that means my favorite thing is efficiency that's how that translates into my work So I want to find the most efficient way to do a thing. And if you want me to be so happy as my team player, find me something efficient. I am your friend. (laughs) So those are some great resources and any one of our listeners who wants to become better at being a team player. Now that we've gone through the top five, let's go to our last trait, number six, which is to be replaceable. And it's sometimes the exact opposite of what an individual's go-to is. We think we need to be irreplaceable. And in fact, it's better to be replaceable. Let's talk about that a little bit, Nikita. I used to work at a, uh, at a college here in Indiana. And at that college, there was an admin assistant. I love her to death. And so did everybody else. However, she wasn't in love with her current role and when there were openings that were um, 
higher up, um, she would apply for them, but she would never get them. And when she asked why she was overlooked, her boss said, because she was irreplaceable. She, she was the only person who knew her job, wasn't she? There was no one who could fill her shoes. There was no one that could fill her shoes. And not because she was incredibly competent, which she was, but also just because she was really awesome. So she was really awesome and really competent. And the challenge with that is um, now there's nobody else that could possibly fill her shoes. And, and that, unfortunately, when you allow yourself to become irreplaceable, can ultimately become your, your prison. And that's why it's so incredibly important when you're indispensable to be replaceable. So it's always a good idea to constantly be teaching and mentoring other individuals such that when there is uh, an opportunity for you to move along, um, you have worked on your succession planning and someone else can step right in um, and and uh, leave and pick up where you have left off. Um, it's not a weakness to be replaceable, but um, but actually a strength. Absolutely, I can remember a couple of times in my career where this has actually been a, a plus for me. I, as as you all know, listening to this podcast, I'm one of the trainers now for the Indiana Bureau of Motor Vehicles, but I wasn't always in this seat. My passion is to train and teach and mentor and motivate and to bring individuals to a place that they themselves did not even see was possible, to bring a level of education um, that would benefit them not only here at the Bureau, but would benefit them no matter what career they went to. And that was actually, I had spoken to my supervisor at one point, uh, it's been about three or four years ago, and we were sitting down talking about our goals for the year. And I said, this is my goal for the year. I want you to be able to ask my my staff at the end of the year, what's one thing they learned from me? And I don't want it to be about the BMV. I don't want it to be about a policy. I don't want it to be about a procedure. I want it to be bigger than that. I want it to be a, a stronger life lesson or a career lesson or soft a soft skill that they can take with them into their next journey. I want it to be memorable in their, in their history and um, building their career growth. So this brings us to final thoughts. What's your final thought for today's podcast, Nikita? So my final thought is each one teach one. Okay. Um, it's about being the mentor, being the partner, being all that you can be for your team. And being replaceable is just part of one of those things. So my final thought is each one teach one. Um, find someone that... Um, that can help you learn something new. And when you learn that thing, share it with someone else and let them know that they should share it too, because you are only as strong as your weakest link in your organization. So that's my final thought. Jessica, each one, each one. Got it. <laughs> I can apply that. Uh, my final thought is to focus on your strengths. And when we talk about being unique, we talk about taking ownership, 
We talk about adaptability. We talk about all of these things. If one of these areas is not your strength, I want you to acknowledge that, or I would advise you to acknowledge that, but focus on the areas where you are the strongest. So for me, if that means that I can really perform well under pressure and that I can focus on being replaceable, then I want to get even stronger in those two areas. Focus on your strengths. Be aware of your weaknesses, bring them up to par, but I can showcase myself stronger and be a better team player if I'm focusing on my strengths and making them even stronger or encouraging others to focus on their strengths. Focusing on our weaknesses brings up negative thoughts, negative feelings, but when we focus on our strengths and we're rewarded for what a good job we do, it makes the morale, the team all feel better about our end product and it leaves us in such a more positive light. So that's my final thought. We want to leave you with this quote, make yourself indispensable and you will move up. Act as though you are indispensable and you will move out. Jules Ormont. Well, we hope you've gained something from today's conversation. Please join us next time on Talk Time with the Trainers.